Hey, this is Carl LeClaire from the Wampa's Lair podcast, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card podcast. Great pull, kid. Congratulations, you're liberated. Scoop. I don't know. Free your brothers and sisters or something. Just give me some space. Let's go. It's time once again. The Bad Batch is back. It is time for a new era. Season two of The Bad Batch is here, and it's time to join us for some breakfast and questions. Clearly, you're not paying attention to what's happening out there. And yes, of course, I can't ask all these questions by myself. That's why I need some help. We'll take all the allies we can get. Hello there. This is Greg Cass at Ion Cannon. We ask Bad Batch questions we hope somebody else answers. There are others out there who need our help. So set an extra place at the table and get set for Batch for Breakfast, a Rebel Base Card micro podcast series. Let's get to work. A returning Star Wars Bad Batch podcast that asks more questions than it answers. Today, we are asking questions on Bad Batch Season 2, Episodes 7 and 8, The Clone Conspiracy and Truth and Consequences, which both premiered on Disney Plus on Wednesday, February 8th. Along with me, Greg McLaughlin, is my co-host and fellow Card Squadron winger Gregory Cass from Ion Cannon. Greg, welcome back. Nice to see you again. Hello there. I'm so sorry that I missed uh, the Gunji episode, <laughs> and I'm sorry I missed Podcast Day. Both of those shows were fantastic, but I will save comment for the Greg's list. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it was. Um, that's why we put you in the promo there because we were like, "Hey, we got to have our other fellow there." But I would <laughs> say, shout out to all the folks. You know, uh, Jen and Ross, Frank. And then Mary. Uh, Mary Purdue, who came on and just nailed it out of the park. We had a fun episode. You know, we were talking like we hadn't had a chance to go over the Mando trailer, but I didn't I didn't necessarily wanted to go like too deep dive. But, you know, they they bring the goods and it was fun. And, uh, you know, uh, hats off to Ross, who who'd done that secret Wampa. It kind of got us primed for that. So I have a feeling that we will do um, one or two of these again this year. Cause that was just fun to get everybody, everybody on that you can. And you know, Hey, if it's not this week at some point, we'll get everybody on. And you know. Hey, speaking of secret wampas, yes. who's our guest, Greg? Thank you. <laughs> it's like we planned this segue, but since this was a double episode drop, we brought in some back, back you know, backup to comb through it. Our special guest this week is Carl LeClaire from the long pod, longtime podcast staple, The Wampa Slayer, who just celebrated recently their 500th episode. Carl, I want to welcome you back to the prog- program, and congrats on an excellent episode 500. Yeah, oh, thank you, thank you, Gregs, both of you. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun doing hitting 500. Was it was definitely a milestone. I there are a few things. In uh, in my Star Wars life that I'm proud of, but I'm very proud of that. Uh, I think that's it was it's quite the accomplishment. And to be fair, that 500th episode was carried by Daniel, our, our special guest from Star Wars. Now, this is podcasting and all of his really diligent and hard work cataloging the thousands of Star Wars podcasts that have existed for over 20 years now. And of course, as you mentioned, right, the Star Wars podcast day just a few days ago this week. Uh, that that's been kind of Daniel's ongoing uh, endeavors to con- continue that that particular tradition, which was great. And Greg, I know it was what a bummer you couldn't be on your own show for that. But I was so <laughs> fortunate that the night of Star Wars podcast day, uh, my obviously my my co-pilot, Jason, had to had to kind of bail out last minute. And I just turned to Greg and I was like, I know this is super last minute. Could you fill in? And 
not only did he fill in, but he was amazing as always. So uh, <laughs> it was it was it was a great way to end Star Wars podcast day. Just chatting with with Mr. Cass. Excuse me. Dr. Cass. <laughs> My pleasure. It was really fun. And and I strongly recommend if people are listening to this and didn't listen to that, it we were just kind of celebrating podcasts and what they've given to our fandom. And it was a really fun chat. So please, I mean, you should be subscribed to Wampus Lair in general if you're listening to this. But if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure it's in your feed. And I ha- I did have a chance to meet Daniel at Celebration. And, and what a nice guy. And, yeah. you know, when you think about what he's doing, because I think we've all had that idea of, you know, if we did a show like a meta show on podcast, because I think whenever, you know, one or two podcast folks gets on, you always, you always like to talk, uh, you know, a little inside baseball. But, you know, the, the kind of things he's doing, and I, and I do agree when you're talking about, you know, it made me kind of think back to listening to podcast before iTunes had it, you know, because I was listening to tech podcast, you know, as early as 2004. And this is a year before iTunes 4.9 put it in in like June of 2005 and I literally were I was I would you would have to download those podcasts from the source I'd burn them to disc for to CD (laughs) and I put them in the car and I did that because I didn't have an iPod you know for another year or so and then you know so I would listen to them on my commute and you know it's just amazing and it wasn't until 2015 I really started listening to Star Wars podcasts because it's always tech but um you know, when you, when you talk about all those shows and, you know, yourself and I, I really liked when you were, you know, you were kind of like trying to figure out like the eras of, and I think that's important because a lot of us do come along at certain times, you know, you came along, you know, you know, back what you were saying, what, 10 years, is it 10 years for you? Cause you a guys little started over 11, a little yeah. over 11. Yeah. We started in 2011. And uh, yeah, I, we were kind of part of Generation Three, if you will, which there was kind of this this boom of of Star Wars podcasts uh, in the midst of the Clone Wars series, and we got in on that. And then there was this fourth generation, which is basically the Disney era, which is has seen just a probably more than double the amount of Star Wars podcasts in just the last ten years. Um, it's been wild. It's been absolutely wild. I just I also think it's really cool to note that Greg McLaughlin is the creator of the Star Wars podcast mixtape by burning them on CDs. <laughs> I don't know if you were married at that point, but if you were, were you slipping it to your to your partner and just saying, hey, check out this mixtape of podcasts? <laughs> it's funny because I came across one like about a year or so ago. I was cleaning out, you know, one one uh, like a drawer in here, and I did find, you know, because I would, I was listening to things like you know, the, the Mac cast, which, you know, some of these early Mac ones. And I just resubscribed to the Mac cast and Adam Christopher has been doing this. You know, he's like, you know, you can tell like when they're like show number nine, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, holy crap, dude. And he does it all by himself. <laughs> you know, he just, wow. he'll do news and things like that, but this is the same thing, but that format's the same. I, I kept smiling because the, the theme song was the same he's going through, but he has that, he has an audience he gets questions in and it's like it's one of those things where it, we should all be so lucky that a we can do it that we want to do it and it's still fun and that there's an audience that still follows along we were talking before you know sam tashima like one of our one of our uh you know like listeners out there and we love him and he sent he was sending us some great cards sent us some questions we'll, we'll insert in here uh, in in later on in the program but you know these people that kind of come along with uh, for the ride and they become friends like even today you know like ben abasada um, artist, tops artist who I'd met, who was one of the first guests on my, on my program back in 2019, him and his family were in, I was able to pick him up from the hotel. We kind of went around, we had a little lunch, kind of gave him a chance to kind of, 
you know, calmed down a little bit, took him to the mall. And it's the first time in four years, um, you know, first time period that I had a chance to see him in person. And we were talking before about a lot of these folks, like, you know, meeting Greg at Celebration. You know, at some point, Carl, we're going to, like, I am, I have no qualms. We will meet. But <laughs> when you're trying to explain these relationships to folks going, you know what? Yes, there's a lot of folks out there. Sometimes you just meet in passing. There'll be a comment. But sometimes when you're lucky enough to go to meet in person and you go, these are just amazing friends and it's almost like going in reverse normally like we didn't grow up together we didn't like i didn't know everything but it's you kind of learn from meeting and, and you work in reverse and it's so much fun you know greg and i got to do that episode last year in the boston common of all thing we're just sitting there <laughs> and it's just so great and that's what you know it's one of those things like carl you and i we're on it's on it's on a list and i know it's going to happen when he stays we're going to sit there <laughs> And that handshake is going to feel so good because it's going to be like, we've earned this and it's just going to be so much fun. (laughs) Rumors are strong for Orlando next year. I don't know what, what the source of them are, but I've heard that many places lately. So next celebration. Absolutely. You can both buy breakfast for me, uh, different days. There's the plan. (laughs) We've got it in one day. It will be, you know, one day it will be like a Belgian waffle. The next day it's going to be, you know, like, and eggs benedict or something like that'll that. be me craig I'll, i'm happy to get <laughs> the mcdonald's I'm, I'm happy to get the mcdonald's you can go fancy with the belgian waffles <laughs> all right um now getting back to the show for yeah you can tell we don't have a ton of questions i'll just i'm just gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bury the lead but this is an insert series podcast in the regular feed where greg carl and i are going to trade what questions we've come up with to each other that we have not talked about before we talked about plenty of thing everything else uh there is a chance of course we could take another questions which would really suck because we don't have a lot of questions tonight um but since we are talking about a current series of star wars in all seriousness if you haven't seen the episode in question this is your warning well the rest of it's going to pretty much spoil the show for you if you haven't watched yet we're going to invite you to please come back and listen go listen to the 500th episode of the womp layer then come back and listen to this one uh listen to five you know the 501st yeah you know listen to all the womp layer uh, wampus layer that should give you plenty of time to come back and then see this for this contest of questions there are no points bonuses or lightning rounds but there is the greg's list which is a selection of podcasts things that we've been talking about and other assorted media that we've ingested between shows to see if they've answered any of our questions and then some it's one of my favorite parts of the show as it highlights just some of the amazing work being done out there in the community we hope you check out some or all and maybe find a new content creator that you want to support Carl, since you are a guest this week, is there a podcast or online source that you would like to give a shout out to? Oh, sure. Um, it, it, is it okay if it's not directly Star Wars? Go for uh, it. So they're, the show What the Force, uh, which is a Star Wars podcast by definition, uh, they've been doing, I've been obsessed with the show Willow, um, mm. and they've been doing a series following Willow, kind of deep dive analysis of each of the each of the episodes marie claire who's the host of what the force is just absolutely brilliant when it comes to breaking down mythology and whatnot and she really brings that to bear with willow um so i've i've been really enjoying that series um and then you know i mean when i want my bad batch fix this is where i come i like breakfast with uh the bad batch boys so it's fine because it's not you saying it so you know (laughs) The only the only Bad Batch show I listen to is the two of you. And the main reason, it's the same reason I've always enjoyed your show is I just love the format. I love this format of just coming up with questions. 
Um, I think it's super fun. And I love when you don't have answers and I love when you do. Um, (laughs) It's yeah, those those are the honestly, those are the only two I've been consistently listening to as of late. Also, shout out to What to Force because they just celebrated, I think, a fifth anniversary as well. Yeah, five year anniversary for them. Yeah. Awesome. There's awesome. a lot around that five year mark too. I've noticed mm-hmm. a few shows had I think uh Full of Sith maybe is a little older than that, but anyway. Yeah. There's something about celebration Chicago around there. I think there were a bunch of shows that popped up. Like say Rebel Base Card. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Cass, Dr. Cass. <laughs> as long as you guys keep uh, correcting yourselves to my proper title, I'm I'm <laughs> gonna be on cloud nine. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, a couple of shout outs from my list. Um, I, as I've said many times, I am subscribed to probably about 45 podcasts and I managed this week. It happened on Tuesday and I've now fallen behind, but I was current to the day in my podcast wow. feed. Then all this week's bad batch shows dropped and I fell behind again. So I think I'm still on Tuesday, but on on Tuesday, I was on Tuesday. So, uh, well, I wanted to make sure I said a, a special shout out to Colby, who filled in for me here last week. He did a great job. He uh, came out swinging with a hard question. Mm-hmm. Got you talking about the holiday special, which is just hilarious. <laughs> um, so it was it was certainly a good time. And, and I am sorry I missed that. Uh, I think the Gunji episode was one of the better ones this season. And and. Uh, really special thing uh and then i also wanted to plug a willow show which was carl had on friend of the program brian from pink milk and i had a great time listening to the two of them gush about willow and celebrate all that you know that show has been and um you know i had a weird journey through willow where i i binged to be a guest on coffee with kenobi and then i <laughs> kind of uh let the other two simmer i think it was two or three after that guest spot um but it, it was an enjoyable time and i i like seeing the star wars podcast branch out and share willow and then particularly uh brian and carl kind of just celebrating and geeking out and you know there's lots of good deep conversation then sometimes they just be like oh and this character Wow, that's it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like sometimes that's, that's, that's what you're feeling. <laughs> uh, and then my usual bad batch, uh, I continue to think Dan having his son on for Coffee with Kenobi is just such a fun call to have a, a kid yes. uh, review the show. And uh, for Center, no matter what the content is, they will do an hour and a half to two hours on the episode. Like they just, they dig and dig and they find it. And there's some who have gotten the early screeners and clearly use the time to watch it like five or six times before they record so if you're looking for depth don't come here go to force center (laughs) well that's like the cantina cast the cantina cast is usually good for about 90 minutes two hours uh regardless and uh you know albert and jonesy just just kill it um i was you know it's funny as as much as i have heard have, have i have heard of the idiots array uh reactions uh aaron harris had writer waldron from idiots array on and i think he was star wars dentistry or something like that as well uh but that was a good episode i was binging a lot of them because i i i do we were talking i do listen to some you know other tech podcasts and some other things and so i kind of got laid on my batch once this week but uh, Reactions did a strong one. Uh, Podcast Stardust always brings the good. Um, I had a, I did have a chance to... I, I'm starting to read Fantatrax more regularly, especially knowing that Jen and, and Mark and, you know, and um, 
Ross will do their their reviews of you know the Bad Batch and so forth over there, and just a lot of good news over there. And then uh, Krypton to Alderaan, I've been kind of list following them uh, through the Batch, and they're just doing it. They're just having a great great old time. So uh, and enough, you know, I, I can't say enough about what Mason is doing on coffee with Kenobi. <laughs> and I, I messaged Jan and I'm like, you know what? He is getting better and better every week. Um, <laughs> I can't wait for this kid to get his own podcast. And I think, like I said, because it also does a lot of it. You know, I think it, it's a different kind of assignment, you know, so it's sort of like, you know, I think the first couple of times and then you kind of go, well, Hey, you got to get notes and things like that. And so this, this kid's doing a great job and it'll be fun after episode 16 to see where he's at. And then I would you know, <laughs> recommend that we, you know, I think when you think of like what skeleton crew and some of these other ones that are coming up, uh, that'll be a great opportunity for him to maybe get a little uh, more podcasting experience, especially some of these. And they just dropped the high Republic kids show uh, kind of teaser images, which look really fun. I'm sure that's not a show of a depth worth podcasting about, but it'd be good to hear a couple episodes on, on that and piecing that together too. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting just, because we have Ahsoka and and the Acolyte coming up when I started to think about what we're going to be doing. Mm, there's, I mean, it never stops. The faucet is on, right? <laughs> uh, I think I was just telling my wife how kind of horrifying it was. Disney was like, oh, you have to lay off 7,000 people. But don't worry, you're getting Toy Story 5 and Frozen 2. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, that's where we are. <laughs> I'd be curious if the Wampus layer is going to cover some of this, um, you know, because I was reading that as well. And you're, you're wondering what the impl implications are for Disney Plus and especially, you know, Star Wars. And you're reading, I'm like coming through that article going, uh, OK, but, you know, just <laughs> if you have a hot take, Carl, what do you think about what this could impact as far as Star Wars is concerned? Uh, the the endless stream, mm -hmm. <laughs> the endless stream. <laughs> uh, uh... Yeah, well, I feel like my the way I chose to describe it gives you a hint. Um, I'm still, I, I'm really, I know I'm kind of in the minority camp in Star Wars fandom in this. I sometimes do just find it exhausting the the amount of content we get all at once. Um, and it, it, I don't want to be this person who's like, oh, it's. I mean, everything has been consistently good, even if it's not been all of my favorite stuff. Um, the quality has been consistently great. I mean, they know what they're doing over there. They have so many passionate people working on these projects, people that really want to tell stories. I think it's great. I just, it's just a lot. And the way I particularly consume media tends to be, I'm a slow consumer. I like to really chew on things for a while. So it's just a lot. I um, mean, Greg and I actually talked about this a little bit when he joined me earlier this week for, for our show. Um, when we were talking about, you know, the, the effect of podcasting on our fandom and how overall for me, it's in Greg as well. It's a very positive thing. But I mentioned that the one thing that I find a little difficult is trying to keep up. Um, but Jason and I are both very committed to just talking about what we feel like talking about. We don't feel that obligation to necessarily cover everything. Um, you know, I mean, I know we'll cover early Mandalorian because we're both so excited for it, but I don't know that we'll do a week by week episode review. Um, but, uh, I, I'm curious if the two of you plan to do that for Mandalorian. Me too. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was funny. I, I heard you. I think I heard you on reaction say, well, and Greg and I are going to do uh, Mandalorian and Bad Batch for a few weeks together. And I was like, oh, good. We are. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching Colby real carefully because I know he's been doing those kind of combo shows. And I'm like, mm, that's not a yeah. bad way to go. He did one the other day that was the DC News plus yes. The Last of Us plus Bad 
that, which is just that is a lot to cover. But as as you've pointed out, he tells you what times to tune in and when to skip to, you know. So if you're not a DC or you you haven't watched Last of Us yet, you can find just the pieces you want. So, yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to with the level of stuff being released. And, you know, and I agree with Carl. I'm like, it doesn't necessarily have to. They can't. I'm like, you know, we went years without. And, it, you know, even goes back to the famous, you know, ego stuff. I, it all comes back to waffles for me. <laughs> but, you know, at some point you start to go, I'm okay with some of them. Okay, because after a while, when it goes on, when is the next time you're going to see a product tie-in or something? Because if it's just one long stream of things, what is going to capture the national attention as much as in, there's only so many times where you have an episode one, right? How much stuff came out for episode one or the Mandalorian where it's like it crosses over. I'm like, I don't know what that, and I'm, you know, like I said, some of us have been trained to, we've, 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 we, we can last and it's not, it's, it's okay. Cause especially with some of those, like, if you think about like the Sopranos or Game of Thrones or some of these or lost where they were like a year before you saw something else, we're mm. okay with it. Um, or if you decided to go, we're going to do live action or later on in the year, one or two shows a year, I'd be completely fine with that. And, um, but you know, I, 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 I just agree about the collecting side of things. Like it, it feels so different. Cause I'm sure the three of us are of the age where you got every single character from the OT. Like it's a short list of people they didn't make action figures of. And I just had a ball collecting all the Kenobi stuff. But it's done and it's like it, they're never going to come back and fill in some of those characters they miss because they have to promote the next thing and do things, uh, you know, for that show as they should. And, you know, I thought that with Andor, too. I, I didn't collect much Andor, but it's like there are a lot of characters that I loved on that show and I would mm -hmm. enjoy having you know, a Bix and a, even a Cyril or a Cyril's mom uh, for Greg. Uh, that would have been your Christmas you. present if they'd yes. gotten that Black Series out. Uh, but it's like, oh, they're never going to come back around because they just have to keep going and keep going. So, and, you know, it's it's just a different time, particularly in the toy market where things are, are slow and not selling as well. So they're not going to produce at the level they did in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, mm. We're still we're still really burying the lead. I can tell we still don't have a ton of it, which is totally fine. I you know I I don't ask much of Bad Batch, and I always get my expectations exceeded just because of the of the music and the animation, and everything. They just continue to just kill it. Um, Carl, I'm going to let you with the short list of questions we have for uh, this episode. I'm going to have you lead off. What is your first question, and then um, I'll we'll rotate Carl, Greg, and myself. Awesome. Seems well, fair. thank you for giving me that opportunity. Um, all right. So my first question for the for, for both of you and everybody listening is, do any of the clones join the early rebel cells? Hmm. Hmm. I did not have that question down. So I still have a Yay. safe list. <laughs> safe list. Um, I think I think it's safe to say Rex. Well, it depends on your definition of early, I guess, because I guess we know how Rex really joins the rebellion, right? We've seen that piece of his story in Rebels. And I kept thinking 
with a lot of the developments that happened around him, I kept remembering that it is now canon that he is that trooper on Endor in Return of the Jedi, right? Um, because they said a couple different lines across these episodes about like, you only have so much time left. And I'm like, well, he lasts until, you know, Return of the Jedi, like, <laughs> and seems to be still fighting well. So, um, so I think, I think, Rex is probably going to be doing things to aid some of those cells, but not quite be in it. I, you know, especially the, some of the players that got involved this time around, like with who's in the mix in these episodes, I think the, the rebellions already here, even though we're like what, two months out of revenge of the Sith, maybe if that, and I think it's only going to be, uh, you know, pulling in more and more of us, but, I don't think this was exactly your question. I don't see the batch going there. A lot of people are predicting the batch is a, a member of a rebel cell. And I, I don't think that's where I see the batch going, but I'm not sure. What do you think, other Greg? Um, you know, I, I think it's more like these missions where it's not necessarily cut and dry what it is, but they're just kind of helping. And so I think you see, yes, the formation of the rebellion, but it's just in these situations where you see the empire growing and you see, you know, them addressing, it's almost like situation of the day, like, Oh, we need to do this or, you know, cause I thought this episode was very interesting in how they set things up. But yeah, I would say, you know, like I said, Rex is not, has, you know, doesn't join until much later, but he's out there and it's amazing that he's on Coruscant. You know, you'd figure that's the last place he'd, he'd want to be, but maybe it's the last place they're looking for him. Um, and I'd really love to know who was in that garage, uh, but that's not an official question. Um, but yeah, I would say it'll, it'll be very interesting in the next few episodes because we're really clearly going to see what what's going to happen to a large number of clones. I, I think that's the setup. Do they get taken out? Do they get you know deactivated? You know, so and what happens next? You know, because all I can see is that veteran clone in Kenobi who clearly mm. was still a part of it in his uniform. So he wasn't attached to anything except he had nothing else to do. And he was left to forage on his own. Maybe that's just a one-off, but I'm wondering if there are more out there. What do you think, Carl? Oh, I thought I just got to ask it. Um, we <laughs> 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 hey, the rules. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's a big question. I mean, I, I, I could see some of them going. It just, when I rewatched it this evening, uh, just just that scene when they're you know in their clone club and Gen uh, Senator Chuchi comes in and basically says you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to stand up for you and they all just kind of come forward and um, I could see her going into a rebel route and maybe some of them following her out of loyalty. I mean, if there's one thing the clones are, it is loyal. So I feel like if any of them are indeed collectively disgruntled with the way the Empire is shoving them aside. I could see some of them joining some of these early movements um, and just at least trying to be a thorn in the side of the empire, especially since they know they don't have a particularly long period of time because of that aging mm -hmm. process. Um, and at one point in one of the episodes, they basically say, you know, we we don't know how to be anything but soldiers. So the fact of seeing them to just take that natural progression of, all right, well, I don't believe in this cause, but all I do know how to do is fight. So I'll fight this thing and resist this. Um, I could see some of them going that route. Hmm. 
I really wanted to do Amy Mulder, Mrs. Daffron proud and sing some Hamilton back to you, but I don't have the lyrics good enough in my head, but that kind of spirit of, you know, uh, that we don't have that much time. And so we might as well do what's right. We might as well fight. We might as well do that uh, a little bit. I remember death so much. It feels more like a memory. It's like, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll, so... I'll edit that in. I'll edit that in. <laughs> um, so I have a fun one to start off before I get too heavy, um, which is I like to list, because this is what I do, I like to list canon connections and kind of fun little bits that pop up. And so my fun one to begin with is just to ask you both, I thought this was among the most full canon connections mm -hmm. we've seen in a Bad Batch episode. Again, not big ones, not Fennec Shand and Cad Bane wandering in, right? But um, just around the edges of this, I, well, I mean, Bail Organa is essentially that. But uh, I just wanted to ask uh, you both, were there some canon connections that were uh, particularly fun for you or that you particularly liked seeing? I know you're going to ask that because I'd had the senator's name written down and I I did not put it in the official show notes, but it was the it was the lady senator that was in Rogue One because I went back and it was like Pamlo. Thank you, uh, because <laughs> I was checking to see if it was the same actor. And yes, it was. And no, I don't have the name written down. Uh, it's like Teresa Duncan or something like that. But I was like, I was happy to see that. Because that ties back in, you know, nicely to Rogue One when you, you see that. And so seeing Bale and her, you know, on there, of course, Chuchi was awesome. And, you know, uh, this is not a full question, but did anybody else lose money on Chuchi thinking that she was a goner uh, in this one? <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I'm like, I'll take it one of my own. But I'm like, man, yeah, I really liked, I liked the tie. You know, it was one of those, especially with, with the senators where it's like just seated in there, not hitting you over the head with, but you're like, Oh, that's good. And you know, two different kind of ways to enjoy it. If you're not familiar. Okay. It moves the story along. If you're like, Oh, Hey, that's, you know, you're doing the whole Leonardo DiCaprio meme thing. You're like, Oh, that's and then, <laughs> at any rate. Yeah. I think for me, um, the biggest canon connections I feel, and this is what I'm really consistently enjoying, at least with certain episodes of bad batches how it does make me feel Clone Wars connects to the original trilogy. Um, and I think having Senator Chuchi in this, who's only in one episode of Clone Wars as far as, I think she's in the background of a few others, but she's mm. really only in season one, the episode Trespass, which happens to be my favorite episode of Clone Wars. Um, <laughs> so seeing her back, I just, it, it made the episode feel like, again, like Bad Batch, I think was always intended to be this kind of continuation of Clone Wars. Um, and then, you know, with the the second episode ending with the the forward movement of this stormtrooper project, it's just like, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, season one gave us hints of that with the TKs. Um, we saw it coming, but just it just it really feels like the prequel era of the Clone Wars connects to the original trilogy. Um, so I really appreciate that. Well, and. You know, Carl is my role model as a prequel fan and a prequel appreciator, and they have been eating well the last year or so. I mean, between Kenobi and then over to Andor and then into Bad Batch, I just feel like there's been so much of a... I don't want to say like a renaissance of prequel love because that implies it wasn't there. It's been there. It's just that the loudest voices in fandom were the older, grumpier fans. And now that, you know, people have come of age and, you know, uh, 
taken over fandom essentially it's like yeah you know there's a lot of love for those and i i love that we've moved away from jj abrams saying like what movies i don't think so and then we got ryan mm. who's like oh the prequels are three movies that make a cautionary tale about putting too much hope in your heroes. And it was like, that was the click moment for me and, and for a lot of other people, but it's also just been a, a love of those movies. You know, Carl's co-host Jason saw attack of the clones, like at the perfect age and can recite that movie, you know, backwards and forwards. And it's just great to see that love coming out. Um, so I don't, I've, I have such a long list. Number one, Gonky's alive. We yes. haven't seen Gonky yet yes. in a long time. So that doesn't that doesn't really mean a canon connection, but I'm glad he's alive. Uh I as Carl knows, I used to play an Ishi Tib in our role-playing game. So when the first senator who spoke up is an Ishi Tib, I was like, "Yes, Ishi Tib time." <laughs> the funniest part about playing that character is uh it was required in the rules that every week, I think, in game time, I had to go take a saltwater bath. And so I had to go soak for an hour as my character, and everybody made fun of me. Uh, Senator Chuchi, of course. Some nice action shots of V-Wings, which to me are a Star Wars ship that doesn't get around as much because they are just kind of Revenge of the Sith era and, and this moment right after. I thought Rex was rocking a Luthen hood, right? When he stepped up, I was like, <laughs> I know where Luthen learned his hood. And then that he gives a little shout out to the Martez sisters, because that's whose garage we were in, right? When he says <gasps> it belongs to some sisters, I know. Uh, that was clear. But um, Senator Pamlo takes the cake. And if people, I, I also forgot to write down the actress's name, but here's my way overthinking it. Why would a really great actress come in for just a few lines of voiceover, especially she's off. Uh, she's been in the Dune movies, so she's got a lot Ooh. of work with those. Uh, why would she do that? Maybe because she was on set doing live action or about to do some live action for Cassian. It's the right time frame and it's the right period. So. That's my galaxy brain theory. I think I think maybe we'll see Pamela come around and this was a nice little reminder. Oh, I, and that reminds me, Masamita. Everybody wanted to see Masamita and Andor, and we just didn't. But it didn't happen, or Sly Moore was mentioned too. But uh, you can do it in animation just a little easier than you can in in live action. And you know, I think I think the Bad Batch crew is taking full advantage of that and and having a lot of fun. So I'm glad they are. It's perfect in animation. I am glad you brought up Mas uh, Amita. Because that was going to, like, there's a question I'm going to leave on there I know we're going to get to. But the one I'm going to I'm gonna tee off with is that were you surprised that Mass was in on the Camino cover-up? And I'm going to lean on my canon folks on this one. Because I was like, how would he know or why should he know? Because he kept, like, leaning over to Rampart going, you better, you know, like, kind of like, you better fix this. You better take care of this. And you're like, how would you know? You just, you just call the role, <laughs> dude. But, you know, I, I, I guess he has, a, he has the Emperor's ear and, you know, is in on most of it more than I ever thought he was before. Uh, comments? Oh, uh, boy, that's a good question, Greg. <laughs> um, I feel like he's, he is just a crony of Palpatine. Which makes me think that Palpatine is the one behind ordering Tarkin, who then orders Rampart to take out Kamino. Right? They want to get rid of that cloning facility. They want to, they want to wipe it away. And this is—I'm going to make a quick side note. This, this is one of my favorite things about these two episodes: is 
this continued look at what happens to the clones now. And as we see them getting shuffled out, uh, I think it's a really nice way that the, the clones represent kind of the last stronghold of the Republic, right? This was the grand army of the Republic. Mm. So what better to uphold this new empire than getting rid of that past army? Uh, so it, it, and also for somebody as Greg insinuated, you know, I mean, I love the prequels and it seems like as they're getting ushered out, it's a reminder of what, what little bit of goodness there was in this clone army, in this grand army of the Republic, all of that goodness of that era is being swept away. Um, so, but back to your question, Greg, I think Masamita knows about it because he's always at the beck and call of the I'm emperor. Sure. And because of, you know, the way that the, the batch even recognized it at the end of the second episode, like Palpatine's always, he's seven steps ahead of us this time. I think Palpatine ordered that it be destroyed. Oh crap. It gets discovered. I'll use that to my advantage too. Right. Mm. So I think Masamita is probably just in, indicating what Palpatine wants, like make sure this doesn't get covered up. Um, so I think he's trying to cover his bases there. Um, but then Palpatine just turns it on its head. So that'd be my guess anyway. Gosh, I really liked what you said there at, about the clones being the last vestige of goodness. I think the only thing I would add to that is the other one we see in this episode is the senators, right? There mm -hmm. are some good senators still there. And we know that a new hope begins with the disbanding of the Senate. And we've seen the kind of zombie Senate in, in Andor now. So, and I mean, it's just mind blowing that we're talking this in depth about politics and like a kid's exactly. show has, has fleshed this all out. And it's just, it's really wonderful. And to me, that's also a vindication of the prequels. Everybody likes to say, Oh, and the opening crawls about taxation. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and it made for a great story. And if you actually pay attention to it, I mean, these, especially the first episode, this was West Wing, right? Like it is, mm -hmm. how do we get the votes? How do we block the legislation? And it was brilliant. And so, yes, uh, all of that uh, to what Carl said, just agree that this is a, a sign of the changing times. Uh, to the question, I think it's a canon fact that Masamita and Sly Moore know everything about Palpatine, meaning the one thing people aren't supposed to know, that he's Sidious and that they are in on that level of secret. So I think it's exactly right to say they are constantly positioning themselves um, with him and in alignment with him and his his wishes and his orders. So I think, you know, he let it happen, the emperor, and told Masamita, here's your little toolkit. You can go this way or you can go that way, <laughs> depending on on how things go. Remember, too, and, and I'm doing this because you you called out canon, so I have to do this. When uh, the Aftermath books come along, at that point, Masamita has named himself the Grand Vizier of the Empire, and he's in control of Coruscant. So Frank Mulder would like to remind you there is a shot of Dr. <laughs> Pershing on Coruscant in that Mandalorian chapter. And so I think it's highly likely we are going to see what Coruscant looks like under Masamita. I think I have my timeline roughly right there. Maybe he's fallen by then, but you know, it it's, it's a part of the puzzle, I think. All right. I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was a little surprised, but then I'm like, yeah, I think, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to do the Hamilton bit, yeah, I think they're just in the room when it happens. Thank you. There we go. Um, that's the only line I know. But yeah, I, I, it, I think it serves the emperor that, you know, all right, I'm going to give you this much rope and you're going to, you know, you're going to be out there until enough goes on and, you know, 
there's there's enough rumbling out there. Dad will come up and like he did at the end of the episode and pretty much going, <laughs> all right, you know, you know, take take it outside. But at any rate, um, but yeah, I, I, I was I was a little surprised, but then again, it starts to make sense. Carl, why don't you kick off the next round of questions? Sure. Uh, it, uh, it's a question I was really excited about, but I feel like Greg already a- answered it in passing, but I'm still going to ask you. <laughs> um, do you think the Senate suspects Palpatine is a Sith Lord? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think so. Uh, it's really hard to know how the galaxy would react to the word Sith, I think, right? Like, I think anybody who knows the history of the galaxy would know they were a thing, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. But it seems like your average person would just kind of say, no, it's, you know, they're they're from stories or something like that. I don't know. This is starting to feel like my Wheel of Time podcast, and I, I don't want to go there. Uh, so, um, so I think to me, if it like, let's say Bail Organa goes out there and accuses him of being a Sith Lord, then I don't think the Senate would even entertain that. Like your average senator, I don't think would know what that means or what that was. So I'm going to say I don't think the majority of the Senate does. I guess then the question is who would? I think his closest advisors, I think Yoda and you know, Obi-Wan have to have told Bale. And so Bale would have seemingly told Mon Mothma and would add to that. But I don't know. It it doesn't seem like Bale's opposition to Palpatine is ever based on the fact he's a Sith Lord. It's the fact he's mm-hmm. emperor and a totalitarian and taking away liberty. So I don't, I think... I think the Senate's in the dark. I think even if they heard rumors, and, and now in my mind spinning, did they know Darth Maul was killed? Does is that public knowledge? Is that you know that he was a Sith and that he wasn't? Did anybody ever say Count Dooku was a Sith after he fell? I suspect the answer to all those questions is no, and the word Sith wouldn't hold that much meaning in the Senate. I am in agreement with Greg. I don't necessarily think that it would have really had a whole lot of meaning to them. I think other than the fact, I think they're more concerned with, you know, just the grip of the emperor and the powers he has and, and everything they're kind of losing that. Yeah, I I, I think it's more the, the Jedi, I think we're more concerned with the Sith than you know, than the people were. And considering the Sith had been out of the out of the picture for what, a thousand years or something along those lines. So you know, considering that, you know, in a new hope, the Jedi had been kind of out of out of the business for 20 years. It doesn't. I don't think it takes long for the folks to go. Eh, it didn't really matter to me. Um, Boy, that but, really doesn't work in canon. I'm sorry. Like, it's just like I, it ended up shrinking it too much. Anyway, go on. It's like I know who Nixon is, but he's been out of the picture for a long time. Um, so I don't. I don't know. But Nixon. Yeah, I, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> that's what I get for bringing it up. But anyway, yeah, I just I don't. I don't think it really yeah, matter matters too much. But Carl, what uh, what's your take? Yeah, I was excited to ask this question, and then as soon as we got to talking, I was like, "This isn't that good a question." I'm sorry. No, but, uh, good. No, I think I'm with I'm with the two of you as well. I don't think most know, and like you both have posited, probably wouldn't even care. Uh, what comes to mind actually is in uh, the Revenge of the Sith novel by Matthew Stover, um, when Anakin first finds out, he's like, "Well, you're a Sith," and he goes, "So what if I am? Why does my belief <laughs> matter?" And like, and when Mace Windu comes and confronts him. 
he even says he's like you know this is this is like prejudice you you have no right to attack me even if i am a sith like my personal mm. beliefs are my own so um granted that novel is technically not canon but it is the gospel of my heart um so uh <laughs> yeah I, I i don't think that i don't think that they know and even if they did i don't think they would even really know what that means I, I don't know if the two of you knew this. You probably did. But I, I just realized the other day, because someone posted it on Instagram, that Ian McDermott did come back and do the voice, which yes. I just thought was really cool. Um, when I first watched it, I didn't necessarily, I didn't not think it was him, but I, I thought it was probably just Sam Witwer again, because I know he's done it a mm. few times in the, mm. in the new era. Um, and uh, yeah, I, they definitely did something in the editing room with modulating his voice a bit uh, that made it sound a little off to me. Um, that I so when I was like, oh, that is that is Ian. That's really cool. But I I didn't necessarily pick that up at first. Um, not not that this is one of the questions, but did you guys know that right away? Did you? I have it? really come to the point of this time of like I'll you know because there were times where I would just as soon as it was done you know da 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 and like all right I'm out I gotta hit the shower. But now it's like I go and although I can't take a screenshot of the credits that have that thanks, <laughs> um, but I do I do try to log down and it's because some of those some of those names come up again and again and they have had a lot of great folks come back and do voice work you know along with what you know the great stuff that D Bradley Baker is doing so yeah it was a it was a very nice plus and to see you know McDermott still doing things in this era and I think he's just as happy as anything else going. You know, just keep going because as we saw with, you know, James Earl Jones, you got to go to a point where we're very, I guess we're lucky that they could do a lot of AI work on it. But you can, if you can still bring Ian back in and cut some audio or he probably has a studio, he probably has a little studio in his house at this point. They probably set him up with something where, you know, have your cup of coffee, go over, go, and then you're done, you're done for the day. And he goes off, has a smoke, I know, um, but it's just really nice. To, it's It's nice to see it. Yeah, I, I actually only saw it in the credits. I didn't it didn't uh clock for me during the episode. And and Sam has done a good job on it. That's one of the voices they've gone through a lot of people. I know the first one uh passed away, if, if I'm not mistaken. It was um Carl, you're a Seinfeld guy, Elaine's boss. Yes, who uh, cut up the Snicker Bar. Yeah, yes, yes. Yep. He he uh he did it and then um Tim Curry ended up doing it for like the last two or three of the uh, the original lost season and then i think it's been sam since then um but yeah it's 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 interesting that they've had trouble but it's nice that ian mcdermott seems to just he's he's become the new anthony daniels right for a long time only anthony daniels would show up and now i think ian mcdermott shows up almost every time they need palpatine in the behind the scenes on kenobi they showed that he got directed by zoom. So he stood for that hologram kind of in a room by himself. And Deborah Chow was on a, a zoom screen. Cause she didn't want to travel to England for it. I, I assume for COVID reasons, not for yeah. lack of care or anything. Um, and uh, Billy D's coming back a lot more too. I just don't want to ignore that. Cause he's, he's shown up for a lot of the Lego stuff. He'll come in for a line or two, which, which is nice. And, and I also think in general, it's getting more respected by different, fields in the the acting field so they don't mind coming in and doing that you could tell at celebration that ian mcdermott was just having a ball and yeah. i think just having this i mean he was he was fortunate enough when he did return the jedi he was you know pretty young and you know now he's kind of grown into it and there's been enough time and i think at this point you know hey just you're just having fun and doing the work and things like that and and it's it's really a joy because i think it just adds yet another layer that can bring in you know all different kinds of Star Wars fans, and I, it's just so much fun. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. One that I'm sure made a lot of lists, but I'll I'll take it uh, before we run out of time. Uh, the clone bounty hunter. Hmm. What's going on here? <laughs> so I think this is something worth talking about. Um, so I would lay out for evidence. He appears to be a clone. And yet Rex is very clear that he is not a trooper. And they say later a lot of his identifying characteristics are wiped clean. I will admit, I thought it was just crosshair. I'm like, ooh, crosshair got some gear. And then it seems to be something else. So uh, to quote Saturday Saturday Night Live, what up with that? (laughs) Well, that did take the question off. And I I knew it was going to come up um, because my question was, you know, what is a believer and what did the assassin mean about Rex being limited? Now, this is where, Greg, I'll disagree with you a little bit going, I think he is a clone. However, I'm wondering if this has been an augmented clone or has the chip, his chip been, you know, does it go to 11? And, you know, <laughs> but since he was a normal clone, that it didn't, it had a little different effect than on the Bad Batch where it might have augmented. We already know that the Bad Batch, of course, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're a little different. But I think on a regular on a regular clone, if you put them through, and that started kind of leading me to wonder, like, will this tie into what they were doing with uh, the folks that they took from Camino? Are they either augmenting clones, or are they making new ones that are a little more wacko? Um, <laughs> that's not an official medical term. Apologies for that, <laughs> but I just couldn't think of anything better in the time. Don't at me. Um, at any rate, but David Motters is firing up his email to you right uh, now. Yeah. The other I'm, doctor in the podcast. I'm going to be game. called on the psychology <laughs> corner over, over at reactions going, Greg, we're going to talk about this. Yes. Yes. I guess. But, um, is it an aug? I think it's either an augmented clone, like a new type of clone or someone got their chip turned up. What do you think, Carl? I honestly have not thought about this at all. Um, I was, I was surprised that he was a clone. I was just expecting I, my first guess would have been, oh, God, they're going to bring Cad Bane back again. And then I was nervous <laughs> they were going to make it Embo because I was like, oh, Embo, just take self, self-righteous jobs. Um, <laughs> those villagers, teach, teach those farmers to fight. Um, throw your hat at Savage Press. Um, so I did think it I thought it was at least interesting to, that it was someone new. Right. Because, you know, Greg, you were you mentioned earlier how, you know, a lot of these things are kind of getting recycled, not in a bad way, but we're seeing a lot of similar faces. Mm. So uh Dave Filoni is very good at that I mean he, he does a lot of things very well but I think some things he doesn't do so well is he just brings the same stuff back all the time <laughs> um so I was surprised that it was a new character and it was an interesting point that it was a clone um yeah I, I'm I'm with you uh Greg Greg M that I think it might be some sort of augmented clone and um you know they're just a, they're a special breed being used for something something else um because i think you know you mentioned that rex points out that he's not a he's not a trooper um he is a clone but he's not a trooper so he doesn't belong to them he he wasn't bred to be somebody in the grand army of the republic so i think it opens the door that maybe there was more going on at camino than we even knew about Hmm. uh so it could be something like that um and i thought it was interesting that he calls himself a believer it made me obviously think of that episode of mandalorian in season two titled the believer Mm. uh and uh, and of course we we see the very very American imperial officer earlier in season two of Mandalorian who uses the same cyanide thing to to kill himself. Oh yeah. Um. 
and uh yeah it, it was it was an interesting he's a you know identifying himself as a believer a believer in what yeah right my 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 posit curious what you two may say my posit he's a believer in palpatine um mm. right so the clones were were created for the republic and while yes there's this inherent chip in them that makes them fiercely loyal to palpatine i wouldn't say that that's necessarily what they describe themselves as loyal to um, at least not in the Clone Wars series. So maybe this believer aspect is this is somebody who's bred specifically for um, for being loyal to Palpatine. And, you know, mm. I've always wondered, and I've always wanted to see behind the hoods of the Red Guards. You know, I love the Imperial mm. Red Guards. Um, could those have been clones as well? But just, you know, we've never seen their faces. So perhaps this is somebody from the Royal Guards or something. I, it, this is me getting very e. I feel like this is a very EU thing to do, just kind of playing the sandbox. But who knows? No, no, and you could <laughs> you could pull in uh, Kier Kanos and some of that canon with a story kind of like that. Probably not that character, but that kind of mythology about the royal guards with them, and that's Crimson Empire, which is a good old comic read for people who haven't read it. Uh, you know, and and what it was making me think about while you were talking, Carl, is I was actually thinking back to what you formulated a little while ago, like. This is the the last good thing of the Republic is the clones. And we already know that Palpatine took the Jedi and perverted it and created the Inquisitors. And so I mm. think you're right. This is that version of this. This is, oh, that was a means of power, but I didn't have enough power over them. So is this a, a more dedicated squad or or bigger? Um, I presume this won't be the only one we see. I think this is a thread that will be picked up. Uh, I I know Alex Damon uh, had a video already out today positing that they might be proto death troopers, that maybe this is the start Ooh. of the death trooper program as well, because, you know, we we don't see them until Rebels and uh, and I guess now Andor before Rogue One uh, it would be in that. So so it could be that we're just seeing the first generation and the armor kind of has that look, you know, something that could evolve to be the the death trooper helmets from Rogue One. So uh, that seems like a good theory, too. But but yeah, the I, I, I bet there are a lot of these guys. That's my bet. Special commandos, um, you know, like the Inquisitors, but military. Nice. All right. I know we're pressed for a little bit of time. However, I did want to get to this one. Because um, I thought there was a little meat on the bone. Uh, we know at the end that Rampart uh, gets gets uh, really it gets yanked out. I, I was incredibly surprised about how the turn of events and, um, you know, that he got pulled out of there. But I am curious, do, did Rampart's supposed, I'll leave that out there, supposed departure help Crosshair? Or does it hurt him that he's not in wow. the picture? Dang. <laughs> the doctor will go first on this one. <laughs> I can try it first. I really hadn't thought about that. But you're right that the earlier Solitary Clone episode, it was constantly Rampart hitting Crosshair and getting him back down. So to picture him out of the picture... I think that would mean Crosshair might have a chance. I don't want to call it redemption, but like a return to the mm. role, right? Um, if that is perhaps under Tarkin or if that is, you know, connected to whoever Rampart's replacement is. But 
Um, so I will say, I think it helps Crosshair. Who was on my mind was poor Wilco, because Wilco died just to keep this a secret, like <laughs> an extra week, like barely any any longer. So I was feeling bad for it. It, it was Wilco, right? I think that that got offed in in yeah. those episodes. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this means Crosshair might get a chance at the dark side version of redemption. Yeah, great. I'll just I'll just write off that. <laughs> uh, well, and, and connected a bit to the last question we were talking about that I think Cross, Crosshair also may very well become a believer. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, having Rampart off his back gives him that opportunity to to really flex his muscles a bit more. Um, and, and I've always thought that Crosshair might be the the initial clone uh uh, starting point for the Death Trooper mm. opponent mm. because he's a bad batcher, right? He is he's an augmented clone to begin with. Or um so yeah, I, I could see this actually being a good thing because Rampart has such a disdain of clones. Um so yeah, having that off Crosshair's back and um I wouldn't be surprised if Crosshair sees you know Palpatine stepping up and removing him and being like, yeah, mm. that was that wasn't right. I didn't know about that. It could make his believer status increase even by, by yeah. extension. I think it does, you know, remove an obstacle for Crosshair to leave on his own accord, whether, whether or not he redeems himself by helping out the Bad Batch. But I do think that removing some of these pieces, you know, you've seen Cody go and so forth. That I think he might get, you know, he might see the, the writing on the wall that, in upcoming episodes, you're going to see them really bear down on clones, whether or not they start removing them and things like that. And I think he'll at least either, you know, get out of there, whether or not he tries to organize some to follow him. Uh, but he may just go, you know what, I'm just going to get out of here. And, and maybe later they, they hook up with the rest of the Bad Batch or he does something else. But um, I, I do think that it, you know, <laughs> he's seen Cody go. And now he's seen Rampart taken out, and I don't think there's anybody there that really cares. It'll be curious now how, you know, who is going to be dealing with assigning clones and, and what's going to happen. But I do think that there's going to be a major shift happen in how either they're used or how they're start to be disposed of. And uh, but Crosshair just might be the you know the one on the top of the on on the top deck of the Titanic going, hey, I'm going to be able to get out of here first. And if you're below decks and steerage, too bad. Um, I'm at least going to get out of here and whether or not, you know, whatever I do with my, my shot, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. All right. I think we have time for just another quick round. I do have to, I do have someone waiting. Um, uh, however, do a, a, how about a speed round where we ask the questions and we don't worry about answering them. Let the other podcasts do the work. Ooh. <laughs> well, did I say there won't be any light, lightning rounds? Um, no, speed rounds. I didn't say anything about speed rounds. Lightning rounds. Right. But I do have, if we have any other questions, um, I would like to go through them or just, you know, to do another, do another round at least. I got one left. Um, right. So how do you think, how do you both think Rex understands his role in this changing time? Hmm. Speed round answer. I think the Bad Batch sees themselves as just loyal to the clones and they'll help their brothers. I think Rex sees himself, himself as something more. I think he's been too close to the center of all this and he knows what's gone wrong. So I think, I think he knows there's potential there for him to make a real difference. 
I think because he is on Coruscant, he it shows that he cares a lot about clones and is trying to help as many as possible because of what happened in the last, you know, he saw what happened, you know, after Order 66 and losing a lot of his brothers and Jesse and all those folks. And so if he's if he's able to help others, you know, we got to get Gregor and, and some of the other ones anyway. Um, I think he'll try to help as many as he can. Whether or not he's successful, I don't know. Mm. Mm. My speed round. I, Carl, you'll take a pass on your question. You're good oh, yeah. with that? Well, yeah. No, that. <laughs> My speed round. And I don't want this to come across as grumpy fanboy, but it might come across a little that way. Um, is it okay to put Omega so much in the center of galactic stories? I mean... It, it feels to me a little bit like the complaints about Ahsoka when she first debuted. It's like, well, where, wh- why, how did Anakin have a Padawan and we've never heard about it? It's like, oh, Omega is really at the center of this story now. If we thought this was a little side story, she's at the center now and has been to the heart of the Senate and has walked around people who definitely should have known who she was rampart um yes. so like uh so do you think it's okay storytelling to to kind of put this her so central to the story of the galaxy i'm going to answer that question with a question did anyone out did anyone mention to omega that maybe she should keep her identity and background on a need to know basis and not tell <laughs> everybody that asks to allow her because mm. you know what she's going to say. And you're like, at some point, you're really, you know, this is going to get you, your mouth is going to get you into trouble. Uh, so, mm. yes, also kind of that same way. But you're like, I, I like the fact that it that she got that exposure. But afterwards, you're just like, shut up, please. because <laughs> <it's gonna> be- <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, girl? Oh, yeah. I, I, I to kind of echo your point, Greg, about like the Ahsoka issue when she's first introduced. That was always my issue with Ezra. Is Ezra just, mm. he seems... He and Kanan, like as much as I love Kanan, but their relationship is these training budding Jedi just months, it seems like, before Luke Skywalker steps into the picture. Always felt odd. Um, So, yeah, it's a little odd having this character because we have to make sense of why she's not there at the big events later. Mm. Um, And and I think while she's at the center, she hasn't been like a big mover and shaker quite yet. Um, She is a child, so she shouldn't grasp the entirety of it. Um, And I think it, it... it, while it doesn't make a ton of sense, it makes sense in the context of the story because she is kind of the central character of this story. So to in order to invest in in this particular tale, we need it feels like we almost have an obligation to this needs to come through the perspective of somebody from the Bad Batch. And um, I think Omega maintains that because she's a, a young character. She maintains that sense of like wonderment and innocence and getting to see her react to this stuff, I think, is is kind of a nice mirror for us of, of storytelling. Um, I love, I love that shot of her running to the the pod in the Senate chamber and just, you know, you get that, that, that sense of wonder she has for the sacred grounds of the Senate chambers that Chuchi also believes in. And so then to get to see her probably see things fall apart again, it's, it's that further reflection of the, the empire just erasing any sense of innocence in the galaxy. It's interesting that, you know, you get that great sense of awe when she goes in there. But when Chuchi goes to a bar for a town hall, you go, hmm, uh, you know, also a sense of wonderment, also a sense of naivete. But you're going, was this the right time and place for this particular Senate inquiry? <laughs> However, that's my snark. Yes, don't add me. Um, 
Um, however, oh, and I-, I, was, I was just thinking of Mon Mothma's Senate too, right? Because again, we just saw what the Senate looks like at, at the time of Andor. And yeah, Omega's ex- excitement running in versus nobody listening to her <laughs> and chatting at the sides about the news breaking is, you know, maybe, you know, all right, wild speculation. It's going to be Omega who uh, meets and inspires Nemec bringing together all my favorite Aww. Star Wars optimists. <laughs> that forget there. All right. Do what you really need to say, Greg. <laughs> Did anybody else hear? Don't make me come up there when the bottom of the Senate chamber was about to open up and Papa Palps was coming up because it really looked like dad was coming up to go. All right, folks, uh, cut the, you know, cut the yeah, stuff basically. <laughs> um, but was anybody else sort of like, had that kind of giggling when all of a sudden you saw it and you're, you know, what's coming. Absolutely. Yeah. As soon as you saw that floor open up, we know, we know where that floor connects to. It's, it's, it's that that's the, the same meeting, cha- uh, private meeting chamber where he encounters Yoda and revenge of the Sith. So yeah, as soon as that opened and then, and then of course the music and you both have insinuated already. And Kevin Kiner is absolutely crushing it. Um, in in this series in general, but this episode again in, in particular, the way he beautifully plays the clone theme. Sorry, I'm getting off topic, but I love Star Wars <laughs> music. But he does he uses the clone theme several times throughout the episode, and a lot of times it doesn't resolve itself, which I just think is so again, it's just so brilliant musically storytelling mm. that it doesn't get to resolve itself. But that's the same thing when that floor opened and then you start to hear a hint of a male choir. I'm like, oh, here he comes, it's popping up. <laughs> Yeah, and it was funny because I still had that feeling of it's gone wrong. He's about to chalk up the L and he's here to be angry. And then, of course, that's not how Star Wars stories go. Of course, he still twists it perfectly and gets the W. And it just it was just a delicious use of Palpatine. I completely agree on the music. I was humming along with his theme as, as he's speaking. And, you know, I think. While I enjoyed seeing him, there's a risk in showing too much of him, which I, I think is why they avoided him in Andor and they kind of kept it, you know, there. And and now we're starting to see the mythology, which is he doesn't get involved unless he has to, right? Unless things uh, need his touch. So I think it all just works really well together. And it was, it was well done. I'm pretty sure we know from the trailer that we'll be seeing him again, right? The footage in the trailer was not used in this episode fully. So I think there's more to come unless the editing fooled me at some point. Hey, Greg, I wanted to, I think this, this falls along um, because um, Sam sent us, Sam Tashima sent us some, some of these cards. I wanted to, he was mentioning about what other senators do you want to see? And he threw out two great OG Star Wars card collect, you know, card collecting game cards. I think uh, senators, uh, Tendow Benden, and what was the other one who looked like? I'd never heard of either of these characters. I thought they were fan-made cards, but they must be, I'm guessing they're from the Star Wars CCG Coruscant set, which is as Decipher lost the license, they right. were still creating Phantom Menace cards. They did three sets for Phantom Menace, which were after I had given up. I, the last one I bought was Death Star 2, which was a great set of cards, but... Um, yeah, but they're funny. It's, it's a, it's a, it's uh, an Ithorian and a Wookiee. So uh, great. The other great one is, is Yarua. Um, but yeah, Senator from Kashyyyk and you're like, oh, but I'm just curious, any other senators you would like to see appear? 
had oh never mind oh, um, oh. <laughs> too soon oh, sorry too somebody soon? lost the will to live Ooh. Um, Ooh. <laughs> uh, just when we had all that love for the prequels and you just really dash it right there <laughs> <laughs> i i will just say it's it's very interesting to me that they used pam pamlo and not mon mothma because mm. we know genevieve mm. o'reilly's around and really willing to to work so um, I think they are building out that council. So I want to see the the weird guy with the sash. I don't know his his name, uh, <laughs> who's kind of snotty in, in the meeting. Um, the other thing that was on my mind is Carl and I had a tradition for at least the first two years that Rogue One was out, where if either of us were watching it by ourselves alone and got to that council scene, we would text the other, what is she proposing? Which is my favorite guy in the back of that room, just shouting it out and getting everyone to listen. So I I don't think that's Radis, even though it's kind of a Mon Calamari voice. So I just want to, I want that guy in. And I just wanted to shout that in, in a few different there's, there's a gift that needs to happen somewhere. That's so funny. What is she proposing? Um, oh God, yeah. It's like who let this guy in on the meeting? That's what I want to know. Um, all right. Um, let's let's go. Last last question, Carl. Um, how many how many Pringles cans? Yes. Uh, do you give this episode? I guarantee you, it's the first time anyone's asked you this question. How many Pringles cans out of ten would you give this episode or episodes? You you know, there's no fast, loose, and fast rules here. Mm. Um, it's funny that you bring up Pringles, though, because I'm curiously in a Pringles obsession phase right now. I've been crushing <laughs> Pringles like every other day at work. It's it's become a problem. So it, <laughs> now I just really want a Pringle. But um, <laughs> uh, I would so I'm I'm just gonna lump them together because I do think it's 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 a two parts two sure. part episode on purpose. Um, I'd give it a I'd give it seven and a half cans. Um, I, mm. I think right. I think it starts strong and, and ends a little weak. Um, mm. I thought the first episode was better. So, well, OK, so if I broke them up, I'd give the first episode eight and a half, nine and then the second one seven. Um, mm. So I'll average it out to like seven and a half, maybe eight. All right, Greg, how, how many Pringles cans are you giving us? How many Pringles cans? Um, yeah, well, I did just want to throw out one of my last questions is why did we get these two together? Now, obviously the plots are to get are very similar, but I also suspect they're making sure we time this out right. And I think there might be something tied between Mandalorian and Bad Ooh. Batch, and they have to make sure we see something first. Felt a little bit like when we saw Force healing in the Mandalorian just mm -hmm. before Rise of Skywalker. I'm wondering if there's going to be something that we need out of Bad Batch and they had to make sure it dropped in the next two weeks before we get Mandalorian. Uh, I'll lump them together. Um, you know, I think for me so far, uh, I didn't get to rate it last week, but I'm going to say uh, the Gunji episode is my favorite of the season so far. I would have gone up to like nine and a half on that one because it was just so much action, so much adventure. I'm going to go solid 8.5 on this. You could maybe convince me to go a little higher just on the beauty of all the, the canon, like I said. But, you know, story-wise, action-wise, the stuff with the Star Destroyer was a little goofy for me. So we didn't really talk about it, which maybe suggests we all didn't really Ooh. click with that. Uh, but uh, I, I'll, I'll go 8.5. I'll give the solid B. I'll I'll stick with uh, eight. Um, I yeah. I think I think I agree with Carl that I think it ends, you know, 
it, it's one of those I think it did a lot it, it did a lot to move the story along. We got a lot of nuggets where we kind of had these, you know, build-ups to and these these little one-offs. And so I I will give them a lot of of leeway for moving the story along, but yeah, I felt it just sort of ended a bit flat. You know, you're starting to wonder like, well, why wouldn't have why wouldn't have Rex just recruited the whole lot of them and just take Echo? You know, he clearly saw their values. So there are some things I'm going, okay, if I come back later and see this, I might, you know, we, we understand this is a big fulcrum type episode. Um, no pun intended on this one, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to leave it at, at, at eight solid B good stuff. Um, I was left wanting a little more. I will give it a 10 though on visuals. I just, yes. mm. Greg, like you said earlier, I mean, um, I, sorry to be contrarian. I didn't think Andor's Coruscant looked a lot like Coruscant from Star Wars. Um, but this looked like Coruscant to me, especially mm. the beginning shot with the one clone who's running mm. away. He dives down on the speeder. I felt like I was Anakin again in, in episode two, going to try to, to rescue Obi-Wan. So uh, the, just the, the, it had such an aesthetic of Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith that I absolutely ate that up, though. So nice. solid 10 Pringle can on on, on <laughs> visuals of, of the episode. I think we're going to have to have the actual Pringles can and then we'll have like a little like sticky note with an arrow that will have like these little sticky and like Greg will just kind of move the arrow up and down <laughs> as we finish each episode. To, and in that way, that way we also can remember what grade we gave the last week's episode, which if you put a gun to bed, it'd be like, I don't know what I gave on it. Um, but yeah, I would say Gunji, right? The, the Gunji one and the solitary clone now to me are the two standouts. And he's, yes, there of course is. he's going to bring all oh, the Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, the, the, oh, from oh. the premiere. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and dark. You mentioned a collectible while I'm in my basement and I just have to go grab it. You just you know, lean back there stuff? with those, you know, that long reach that you have. All right. Um, Carl, before we wrap things up, I do want to make sure to get your shout out. So where can people find you online? Yeah, thanks, Greg. Uh, we are, of course, Wampus Lair Podcast. We're on Instagram, which is what we're most active with, which is just the Wampus Lair, uh, at Wampus Lair on Twitter. Don't use it too often anymore, but we do post all our new updates on there. Um, email is Wampus Lair Podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, Wampus Lair Podcast, you can find it anywhere you get podcasts. Excellent. And once again, congratulations on 500 episodes. Um, you guys are just killing it over there. And I appreciate, like I said, the long work that you have done, you know, been out there slogging out a lot longer than 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 all of us and uh just appreciate it and let's here's to another here's to another 500 You're like no don't 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 do that uh here's to <laughs> however long you want to continue to do it and have fun with doing it uh, until you are also an old curmudgeon that has no uh upper body strength and anyway. carl you also mentioned your batman podcast so yes. give a shout out to when sure. that's starting and where yeah so that'll that'll be launching most I'm getting excited, so it may become a little earlier than I originally planned, but most likely March the 1st. Um, over on Thunderquack, it's a po- another podcast network that a friend, Mike Cohen, who, Greg, I know you know him. I don't know if you've ever met him, Greg McLaughlin. Hmm. Um, but uh, Mike Cohen, great guy. He has the Thunderquack podcast network, a whole bunch of geek shows. I mean, there's, of course, Star Wars shows, but I wanted to put it somewhere that wasn't the Star Wars report. It has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll be launching a uh, uh sort of sort of inspired by both like the star wars minute idea as well as what greg has been doing with our friend tyler with their wheel of time show uh the batman is a very long movie for those of you if you've not seen it um i'm 
I'm in love with that movie so hard. Um, so <laughs> each week we are going to just break down 20 minutes of the movie each week. So think of the Batman as like an eight, an eight episode long sitcom. Uh, that's kind of how we're, <laughs> we're approaching it. So my friend and I, Amy, uh, we're going to be starting that show uh, March the 1st over on Thunderquack. And it's going to be called the Bat and the Cat podcast. So Excellent. Excellent. And by the way, shout out to the Star Wars report. I know that, you know, um, Riley finished things up. I'm I'm hoping at some point that, you know, whenever he lands again in a place where he can do it, um, his voice is sorely missed. I really love listening to him, and I thought he was a great podcast, and I was, you know, was reminded when I was listening to the 500th that, yes, you were attached to that network for a time, and a lot of good work they did. I, I really, and I think that's also when I was talking to, you know, Ben and, you know, folks like yourselves that, you know, kind of really turn the corner for me on a lot of the prequel stuff. And, you know, when you see, when you hear those voices that come and go, no, yes, there was a lot of this. Um, it, it's really been fun over the last, you know, four or five years to kind of really look at it again and really appreciate uh, a lot of the great stuff that's in there. So um, just a shout out to that before I turn it over to Dr. Cass. Where can people <laughs> find you? I'm around. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am uh, mostly now on Instagram at IonCanon, E-Y-E-O-N-C-A-N-O-N. I will plug again that I was a guest on the fantastic Wampas Lair podcast this week. Uh, so please download that episode. And uh, my podcast, Through the Glass Columns, continues to read through the Wheel of Time series. So we... Uh, we got an episode in this week. Uh, we are now about a quarter of the way through the the second book. I am told we will finish by May or else, uh, I think is how Tyler put it. <laughs> but uh, uh, Tyler sent in a question for our episode tonight, and I rejected it because it wasn't about these episodes. It was Whoa. it was about last week. He wants to know why so many Jedi survived Order 66 because it's too many. <laughs> and uh, So he is wholesale rejected, which I would feel bad about, but there's no way he's listening to this, so I don't feel bad at all about it. So. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think you will be finishing that podcast by the time you are my age, Greg. I think given the number... <laughs> Number of books you should you should have picked a smaller smaller set of books. Mm, true. You're gonna be you're gonna be an old man before you finish the Wheel of Time <laughs> podcast. But um, I appreciate I, I like that going over you know like chapter by chapter and uh, it, it's also fun. All righty, no that's fine. I I encourage that like you know if you have a question on on Bad Batch you can reach out you can find me on at Rebel Base Cart on Instagram Twitter you can email the program Greg at RebelBaseCart.com maybe you shouldn't be sending your inquiries to Greg because he might reject them before they go to committee he's going to kill it before it goes to committee put it that way I mean so yep. you know if we're Greg still in the, is the podcast yeah, exactly so you know maybe you have to just come to me directly because I might give you I might give you a fair hearing but anyway um, but I would like to have this go longer but I have people waiting uh, that I have to pick up. And we do have to listen to other podcasts who are going to answer a lot of these questions a lot better. Uh, whether or not they do it in 30 minutes or two hours, who knows? So we're going to sign off for this week, but we'll hopefully be back at some point. Next week is going to be interesting because not only do we have episode nine, The Crossing, uh, but we do have uh, Dr. Cass in town, and it's going to be my mission to find him somewhere in Chicago and figure out how to record. <laughs> if we've done it at the Boston Common, I'll have to figure out somewhere in downtown Chicago that we can record and talk about <laughs> the crossing. But until, so stay tuned. If that isn't a cliffhanger, stay tuned. Uh, but for Carl, Greg Cass, and myself, I want to thank you for listening. But for now, breakfast is done. We're going to return you to your Star Wars podcast playlist already in progress. <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.